The works of C.S. Lewis tend to like them a lot and to like him a lot. And for lots of readers, he occupies a kind of special place. Since his death in 1963, oddly enough, he has grown progressively more popular and more influential, and his books sell better now than they ever have. And they sell very well indeed, and there are lots of them. Over the course of his life, once he hit his stride, he really got going after he was in his 30s, he wrote well more than 40 books, and we'll be taking a look at a lot of them. Despite his popularity, though, and despite the affection that he generates in many readers, he is, in other contexts, a controversial writer. He is not to everyone's taste and to many readers and to many who have not read C.S. Lewis, no doubt about it, he is suspect. He describes a scene, actually, in The Last Battle, the last of the Chronicles of Narnia, probably his most famous works, where all of the conscious beings in Narnia, humans, dwarves, fawns, and the whole panoply of Narnian creatures, are summoned to the face of Aslan, the great lion. And when they come to Aslan, one after another, they either look on his face with rejoicing. This is what I've always wanted. Or they turn away with fear, discomfort, and dislike. Lewis himself and his works evoke a similar kind of reaction to people, as he well knew. People tend either to like him a lot and find that his works take them somewhere or fulfill in them some deep need or find them oppressive and repellent. And the reason, again, is very much the same. His central talent, I would argue, outside of his sheer raw skill as a writer in verbal craft, in readability, which is very, very good, superb. His greatest ability is an ability to evoke what he calls joy. And before we go any further, since this joy, what he calls joy, is a keynote throughout all of his fictional works and indeed through his apologetic works as well, I want to talk a little bit about what that is and what that means to him. So what is this joy that, for Lewis, is the most important thing in life and is the keynote, in fact, of all of his fictional works and, in some sense, of all of his apologetic works as well? He tells us that it first came over him when he was a very little boy. His brother made on what he calls a biscuit tin, that is, biscuits in England are cookies, what we would call cookies in America. It's a, it's a little metal lid. His brother made a toy garden. 
And Lewis looked at the garden and felt sweeping over him a kind of yearning. He later on describes it. He says, then this reminded him of that cookie tin. He stood beside a flowering currant bush and joy swept over him. It's difficult, he writes in his autobiography, to find words strong enough for the sensation. A blissful yearning or desire for he knew not what, only that unfulfilled as it was, unfulfilled as he came to believe it must be, it was itself more desirable than any other satisfaction. I doubt, Lewis says, that anyone who has tasted it would ever exchange it for all the pleasures in the world. Then, reading in a work by Henry Wadsworth Long.